1: Oh, this is an emergency episode of the Unplayable Podcast. Australia's Ashes Squad has been named. Here to break it down, uh, all the ins, the outs, the surprises, the shocks, and the unlucky players is cricket.com.au senior writer Andrew Ramsey, who I'm happy to say has won selection and will stay on in England and cover the Ashes. Congrats, Andrew. Uh, thank you, Sam. It was touch and go there for a while. And my name wasn't called out, but I just added it to the list myself. The 17 players to represent Australia in the Ashes are as follows uh, Tim Payne, captain, Cameron Bancroft, Patrick Cummins, the vice captain, Marcus Harris, Josh Hayeswood, Travis Head, the other vice captain, Usman Kawaja, Marnus Labashane, Nathan Lyon, Mitchell Marsh, Michael Neisser, James Pattinson, Peter Siddle, Stephen Smith, Mitchell Stark, Matthew Wade, and David Warner. Rambo will get into the talking points straight up and I guess the first one is the inclusion of Michael Nisa they were tossing about, tossing up 16 or 17 players, they've gone with 17 Nisa sounds like the 17th player he's part of a six man fast bowling battery, uh, seems like they're going to uh, churn through these quicks on this tool that's just, what, five tests and couple of tour games in about six weeks.
0: It is an unusual tour in that respect, isn't it? They used to come here for, back when I was young, when they come over on the boat, they were here for like 11 or 12 months. Um, but now it's all compacted because of the World Cup, all compacted into, I think it's about
1: six weeks from yeah. go to woe. First of August to like 16th of Start September. The first test of the yeah. end.
0: There's five tests and two three-day tour games mm. you know, in like amongst that. So they obviously need some bowlers who can pick up the workload when they get to the tour games. Um, some... Surplus bowlers in case someone doesn't make it through You have to think, given the workload That one or more fast bowlers might succumb to injury During that time And uh, he provides, as
1: Trevor Hone said today A point of difference He does, he swings the ball both in and away To the right handers I also think he's a a great net bowler Not that you get picked on these tours to be a net bowler But if you want to replicate someone like Jimmy Anderson Who does swing the ball and got those really good skills With the Dukes ball Michael Nisa is not a like-for-like replication But he's not far away
0: no, he's uh, he certainly wobbled it around in the uh, the tour game or the warm-up game here in Southampton, and his numbers with the Duke's ball back in Australia when they've used it in the Shield season have been pretty impressive.
1: Mm. He's a handy batter as well. He's got five uh, first-class centuries last year, averaged 43 with a bat for Queensland. Whether he'll play as an all-rounder, you'd have to think that would only come into play if Australia are chasing a win at the back end of the series. Uh, that would... Be, and there's
0: probably you know, this Mitchell Marsh in there as well. as another mm. seam bowling all-rounder, so... Um, it does give them a lot of flexibility. Importantly, it gives them another South African born player too. the he
1: and Manus Labashine, so that's always good. Let's get into Manus now. He is the uh, spin, bowling, batting all-rounder. He covers a lot of uh, areas there, doesn't he? Uh, Manus, he's the... Uh, well, there's only one spinner in the squad. That's Nathan Lyon. They didn't go with John Holland. Trevor Hone said uh, today in Southampton that they couldn't envisage using two spinners in any test match. That's why they didn't take Holland. It's only the second time this century, Rambo, that uh, the Aussies haven't taken two specialist spinners in an Ashes series. The other time being 2009, Nathan Horitz was the only spinner there and Marcus North ended up bowling a couple of overs in the back end of the series when they went with four quicks. So um, it's going to be on Nathan line. If there's an injury, uh, it'll have to be minus for the short term and then they might have to fly someone in. Uh, You'd have
0: to assume that John Holland will be told to keep bowling in a net somewhere once he gets back to Australia, wherever he's bound, uh, having departed from the squad. Um, But yes, it is an interesting... Given that uh, the last two tests of the series, at Old Trafford and then at the Oval, are probably venues where you may consider playing an extra spinner. Those are the pitches that uh, traditionally favour a bit of turn. Also, I can reveal... that. The other thing that's only happened twice this century is uh, 100-plus degree days Fahrenheit scale in England. One of them was yesterday. I don't know when the other one was. uh, Sometime (laughs) back in the 1530s, I think, when Shakespeare was in charge of the Bureau of Meteorology. But um, the fact that it's going to be a hot summer, playing till late in the summer, till mid-September, as you mentioned, uh, whether these pitches wear and spin becomes a factor, that may be something they'll have to consider.
1: And Manus isn't being picked solely on his spinning abilities. He's bought 190 overs of those leg spinners in county cricket for Glamorgan this uh, season. He's also a very talented batsman and an incumbent batsman at that. Uh, and he scored 41 in the first innings of 105 here in the intra-squad game uh, in Southampton. Um, so he's batting, and that, I guess that ticker that he shows, that toughness to get through the tough periods and combating and having different plans to certain fast bowlers, Uh, really impressed the selectors and he's in there now and he's probably a good shout of starting the series in that top order. Uh, You'd think that number six spot
0: as we might come to discuss a bit later on Mm. might be one that he would be eyeing but I know that they being the Brains Trust were very impressed with the way he managed to get forward on that very difficult pitch he was uh, at pains to get a half a step in get himself down the pitch try and nullify the the swing or the seam movement and uh, As those of us who just watched Ireland get bowled out for seven in about 20 minutes at Lord's, getting pinned on the crease against the likes of Stuart Broad and Chris Wokes can be uh, fatal. So uh, that sort of mindset and technical acumen will be very handy.
1: Speaking of batters, there are three batters coming back into the squad who have spent more than a year out of the side. Uh, Steve Smith, David Warner and Cameron Bancroft, we all know. They have uh, served their time with their suspensions for the uh, Cape Town incident. Uh, probably don't need to go into that too much detail, Andrew, but uh, first chance um, that Smith and Warner are available for Test Cricket, they've been picked, and Bancroft was available I think December 30. I guess this is really his first opportunity of being picked in Test Cricket as well. They're all back in there, and they're all in good form. Bancroft playing for Durham, scored a couple of hundreds, 700 runs, averaged 45, I think, and... Warner had a great one-day one, uh, one Day World Cup, Smith as well, um, so they're right back in there. Uh,
0: yes, and well, it was no surprise that Stephen Smith and David Warner come back in, they are outstanding players with uh, enviable international records. I guess Cameron Bancroft hadn't quite established himself at test level, he'd sort of played that Ashes series um, in Australia a couple of years ago, and then of course South Africa, so he didn't have the... The kind of record to fall back on, plus, um, as you say, he came back late in the summer, so he didn't really have a chance to, to push his case for the, the Sri Lanka tests or anything uh, that happened in the back end of the summer. So he's quietly gone about his business. Trevor said today they hadn't seen a lot of him bat in Australia. They wanted to see him in English conditions. And what they saw here mm. in the warm-up game when he made 93 not out, which was far and above any other bats, batter's contribution,
1: uh, was a pretty compelling case. Chasing just 156, I don't think he played a, a false shot. Really, it wasn't uh, got dropped in the first innings by Warner, but uh, not in the second innings. Pretty flawless. Again, showed that toughness opening the batting in difficult conditions. Uh, we'll talk about where he might bat or where he'll play later on. Um, a couple of other talking points. Matthew Wade is in. Uh, a lot of uh, talk about him after the stunning Sheffield Shield season he had for Tasmania and all those runs for Hobart Hurricanes. He came over here. Uh, just a day or so after the birth of his second child. His family allowed him to go and uh, pursue this dream of getting on the Ashes uh, series, which has come true. Uh, record hundreds in the one-day leg of the A-Tour. Then it backed it up with 114 against the England Lions in Canterbury. He's been in Stella Nick. Uh, he's going to be the reserve wicketkeeper, and he's edged out Alex Carey, who himself had a great World Cup in the ICC team of the tournament, but there wasn't space for two of them. Just one, and Wade won it.
0: I didn't realise the weight had been in Stella Nick. Is that just outside of stowe on the Wold? I haven't heard of that village. It's near Stellenbosch. Bosch. Ah, well, in that case, he's come quite a long way. But it is yeah. a good news story, isn't it? Because uh, they it, be, selectors always say, if you make enough runs, if you make your... Uh, impossible for us to ignore you, then you'll get picked. And he's proof of that, because he's made runs he's in every form. Um, I guess the question is whether they... In the tour games whether they want him to take the gloves to give Tim Payne a rest given the workload that comes with keeping and captaining at test level um, and he seems happy to do that. He was doing a bit of keeping work in the nets the other day just to keep his skills in um, but as you say Alex Carey desperately unlucky to miss out given his World Cup and the, the form that he showed so he will be playing some cricket at Sussex mm-hmm. uh, during the first weeks of the Ashes tour so the they can slot him in if something is happens or if they decide that they... You know, Matthew Wade's had such an arduous batting role if he plays in the test that he isn't up to keeping in the tour games. so there's all sorts of options available to them.
1: Holmes said today, as you mentioned, that uh, Wade and Bancroft could be the uh, backup keeper just in case uh, something happens to pain in the short term but if there is a more long-term injury, pain out, they'll try and bring Kerry straight back in. Uh, finally, yeah. Uh, There was no room for Curtis Patterson and Joe Burns. They made a century in their last innings for Australia or their last match for Australia against Sri Lanka in Canberra. Uh, Tough on those guys, uh, particularly Burns, who made that 180, had a good shield season, came over here, got 133 against Sussex in that four-day tour game. Patterson didn't post any significant score, um, which is unlucky for him, but uh, those two guys who were incumbents, scored a century in their last match, uh, didn't make it. And I guess the squeeze there is when you've got Steve Smith and David Warner coming back in, an opener and a middle-order player has to go, and it's those two.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think Justin Langer addressed this a few days before the warm-up game where he was asked if those established protocols, if you've made 100 in your most recent test, whether that all changed because of the the unusual circumstances of two world-class players coming back.
1: Didn't you ask that question? Did you... I may have asked that question,
0: but um, I can't remember what the answer was because it was days ago, <laughs> and I'm an old man. Um, but uh, very tough on them. Like you, there's only so much you can do. And you, th- you have to think. At the end of that test match in Canberra, they must have both uh, imagined that they were you know, certainly one foot in the ashes bus. Um, but as you say, these are unusual times, and they'll hopefully get another chance. Um, but it just shows how tightly fought these betting positions are they're not the first person who've done a lot of good in Canberra and then not really kicked on That's, there's a bit of rich history of that in Australian we're
1: not life allowed to, we're not allowed to talk of politics on this podcast Andrew, Andrew. I was hey. talking politics oh really today. okay pardon me uh, let's we'll stick with unlucky players we mentioned Burns and Patterson uh, Alex Carey, unlucky. John Holland, uh, unlucky not to be the uh, the backup spinner. And then Jackson Bird, who took 50 wickets for Tasmania in the Shield competition. He even said that he was going for that fifth fast bowling spot between him and Peter Siddle. Siddle, I'd imagine, got over the line with his experience over here. He's He's been bowling very, very well for Essex. I mean, this will be his sixth um, Ashes series. So he's got plenty of experience. His first way back in 2009. So a veteran by all means. Uh, and then when they picked Michael Nisa, his batting, I would imagine, got him along the, across the line as well. So very unlucky for Burr, but uh, I think we can, uh, can we reveal this, that he's been uh, told to keep it up because he might be the next man in.
0: Uh, yeah, I assume they you just never know with the fast bowlers how many you might need, mm-hmm. and uh, if you, things the pitches they get are vastly different to what they're expecting, who knows? And it is very tough on him because um, he was always earmarked for this Ashes series because of his... This, the way he bowls and the suitability it would have for English conditions. Um, but when we were here four years ago, Sam, as you will remember, uh, there's not many who would have thought that Peter Siddle would probably bounce back for another Ashes series. I mean, he'd, yes. but he rebuilt himself, uh, even in 20-over cricket. And so it can be done, even at a senior age, as fast bowlers are generally regarded to hit their peak in their early 30s. So... If Jackson Bird's listening, I think these are the charts for 2023. Rambo, what gets you excited? Oh, just being in England in summer. There is no other better thing. 100
1: degree Fahrenheit days, of course. Uh, well, I can tell you that Trevor Holmes is very, very excited about uh, the return of James Pattinson. He is Trevor talking at the press conference today.
0: Very excited that he's back, if I can say that. He's been fantastic since he's been back uh, involved with the Australian cricket team. It's all credit to him to to get back to where he is now after a couple of horrendous injuries that he's had to endure. Um, but he's a bubbly character. He, he's lively. He's bowing very very well, and we're very excited to have him back in our squad.
1: Pretty exciting to say the least. Rambo uh, James Pattinson been on fire. Uh, he's had that radical back surgery in November 2017. Uh, Still plates and rods, and they're tying bits of metal around his spine. But he's bounced back. Uh, He's played in the back end of the Shield season. He's been playing for Nottinghamshire, came over here, played for the Australia A team. And uh, in this tour game, bowled extremely well. I think his figures were 4 for 35 off 23 overs. If if Pat Cummins wasn't in the side, he'd probably be the number one bowler in that game. Uh, Pretty exciting to see him go about it. And uh, I guess you've got to kind of play him, don't you, in that first game? I mean, if he's fit and going at the moment... You got to find a spot for him.
0: You'd have to think so because uh, um, his form is just so kind of irresistible. Certainly it? It was in this game here. You, know, you could just tell that no one enjoyed facing him, even those people sitting watching from a distance were twinging uncomfortably every now and then. Um, so you'd have to think that if Mitchell Stark has a bit of that knee soreness, we we're told it's not serious. He's had scans. There's nothing they've found that's untoward. But do you maybe to say, well, get yourself hundred percent right because we can go with. Pattinson, uh, Cummins and whoever else they want to go with for the first test. Maybe get yourself right for the second. We'll see how yeah, Pattinson pulls up. There's all these sort of things that come into play. Um, but yes, I think you just have to unleash him. He's that good of, and you, you put yourself in England's shoes and you think, who's the bowlers that we would least want to face on day yeah. one of a test match if they bat first at Edgbaston and I think Pattinson, Jay, would be right up there.
1: Yes, well that's there. Let's kick off our burning questions with just that, the bowling attack. If we've got Patton's in for that first test at Edgbaston. Who uh, goes alongside him? Because you've probably got to pick Pat Cummins, the number one test bowler in the world. And then for the first time in a long time, it might be a shootout between Josh Hazlewood and Mitch Stark.
0: There is that. Then you come down to uh, conditions at the ground at the time, whichever you think, whoever's bowled well in the nets in the few days coming in. Um, you might look at the point of difference that Stark brings with the left arm fast bowler. Uh, or whether you think that um, Pattinson being an aggressive fast bowler, there's the risk that he may go for runs, which is always the the trouble with people who are pushing for wickets. So do you need someone who's a steady, slow things down, you know, look after the run rate, which is something that Josh Hazelwood does very well, even mm. something that Peter Siddle does very mm. well. So there's all sorts of uh, permutations there for whatever that means.
1: Interesting to note that uh, Tim Payne said the other day after the match here in Southampton that uh, uh, he said that, Mitch Stark takes a little bit longer to transition from white ball to red ball. And the way the series is, uh, is scheduled, they play that first test, then there's that three-day tour game in Worcester, and then they play the second test at Lords. So if you miss that first game, you've actually got a couple of weeks to get ready for the second test because there's that, there's that gap. So if someone like Stark didn't play that, he could train all the way through Birmingham, train up to Worcester, play that game, and then he might be more suited to, to the Lords game where he has played and bowled well before. Uh, there is that, isn't there? That's that's management of, mm. of your bowling stocks and that sort
0: of fits into the narrative of you know, Pattinson being ready to go and uh, uh, set to be unleashed. So I'm sure these are the sorts of discussions that are being had um, in amongst the selectors with uh, coach Justin Langer. Um, but, yeah, I like that as a scenario. That's
1: good. Mm, okay. Uh, how about the other end of the order? Uh, who's going to open the batting? Trevor Holmes said today that one of the... Uh the, one of the things that selectors have to nut out is who's going to open the batting with David Warner. It didn't say that Marcus Harris was a lock for that first test, so I imagine it's going to be a bit of a bat off between Marcus Harris and Cameron Bancroft.
0: I think that looms as. And the other uh, question that comes into that scenario is whether Usman Kawaja is 100% fit.
1: That's a burning question.
0: That's a burning question. Have I yeah. preempted a burning that's all question, right. have I? It was interesting that Trevor Holmes said, you know, admitted that there's been some instability at the top of the order. They've tried a number of people. It wasn't that long ago that Aaron Finch was a test opener. Um there is the the old favorite left-hand right-hand opening combination question that comes into play. Um certainly the way Cameron Bancroft battered they the people are raving about his his toughness the number of blows he took on the body in the game here and his, just ability, his ability to put that aside and just get on with the job, put his head down and bat, which is what they're going to need against the the, the England pace attack. So, um, yeah, I think that'll be interesting. I would just take Warner as a given and just whether they decide who's best lining up against him in the conditions at Edgbaston on
1: August 1. Of course, they both could play if Usman Khawaja doesn't recover from his hamstring injury in time. We saw him uh, do some laps. He had a bat in the centre wicket practice after the game had finished here uh, at the Rose Bowl. Uh, not sure really how he's tracking. I mean, he didn't look like he was moving that well. Um, but hamstring is a touchy uh, uh, a touchy in injury and he's suffered them before. So if Kawaja's is not fit, there's that number three spot open and maybe uh, Harris stays at opener and Bancroft slots in there at first drop.
0: You'd have to think, uh, given that Cameron Bancroft has batted in a few different spots uh, throughout his career, that perhaps number three is not so unfamiliar to him. I'm not sure about Marcus Harris, whether he would slot into that spot uh, as naturally. Um, But yeah, that's certainly something they would have to keep in mind. Or whether if if that was the case, do uh, they put Stephen Smith up to number three Mm. um, and then have to work out which of the openers maybe you can bat Bancroft a bit further down or... Uh, well, Labuschagne
1: bats at three normally, doesn't he? That's true. There he's is that option. Three for the
0: Bulls and he's done it in test cricket, albeit briefly. Uh, so these, uh, there's a lot of uh, speculating to be done over the next week, which is good for people like us who speculate for a living.
1: Let's keep doing it. Uh, the middle order with no Patterson there. We've got to fill a spot, number five and six. What are we thinking? Maybe someone like Labuschagne might be in there, put another right-hander in the middle order. And then number six... Got a feeling someone like Matt Wade. I mean, I know he's in the squad as a, a backup keeper, but I mean, he's just he's been picked basically on his run scoring ability, and he's in great form. Stella Nick, get him in there.
0: Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure how far Stella Nick is from Edgeston, but it can't be too far, and they could get him well, it's there. close in, to Stellenbosch, in, in, so it's yeah. a long way
1: away, but you know, it's a same small, time
0: zone. It is a small island, and he should be able to get there with it, with minimal fuss. Um, yeah, so you've got Travis Head, obviously, who is the incumbent vice captain missed out in both innings of the the warm up game here and had a bit of extra batting in the hours after the game finished um clearly he was feeling like he needed to mm. spend a bit more time in the middle um so yes that's uh, that's an interesting question you'd have just you'd have to think that um the number 6 spot or certainly the 5 and 6 spots if they've lose early wickets you need someone that can stay around shore it up um but if you've uh, if you've if you're looking at the number five or six spots, you need someone who can stay around and shore it up. But if you've got a good platform, someone like Matt Wade coming in at number six to uh, flay a tiring attack would be pretty uh, uh, irresistible. I would have thought. So they these are the things they will come into the selection planning. I'm sure.
1: I must have been I did forget about Travis Head, so he'll probably be there at number five. He is the vice captain of the team, uh, which leads us into our uh, next point. What's going to happen? If Tim Payne gets hurt, we know that Wade will probably step in uh, as the keeper if it's a short-term injury. If not, they'll bring Alex Carey in. But in terms of leadership, uh, Head is one vice captain. Pat Cummins is another. Interesting, uh, Head was the captain of the one-day uh, Australia A campaign. He's also the captain of the Brad Haddon 12, who have a terrible history in cricket. They've never won a game. So his record as captain of the Haddon 12 is abysmal. Uh, but i mean there 's obviously a um a leader of the future captain of South Australia maybe he 's the one that steps in if Payne goes down, but Trevor Holmes said that they are uh, the the vice captaincy is not um does not e mark you as the next captain it 's just a a, a a title to help payne out and um be one of the leaders in the squad yes uh, th-
0: they always talk about the, you, know, you don't need to have the title next to your name to be a leader on the field. And let's face it, there's a lot of vice-captains out there. Like if you mm. consider that, uh, obviously, David Warner, who can't be considered for this position, was a, is a former vice-captain. Stephen Smith, who can't be considered, was vice-captain to Michael Clarke on the previous Ashes tour. Josh Hazelwood and Mitchell Marsh were vice-captains yes. uh, during the test series against India. We've got Travis Head and Pat Cummins as vice-captains. Um,
1: was is the captain of Queensland.
0: We've got state captains. Uh, Matthew Wade was obviously captain of Victoria for quite some time. Mm. We moved to Tasmania where Tim Payne was captain. So,
1: Do any of these guys own boats? I mean, they could be captains of them as
0: well. Well, it is. There's, uh, there's more leadership here than we see in many other forms of Australian life. But we don't talk about that, Sam, on this podcast. No. So um, I think whoever it is, and you'd have to think Probably Travis Head if he's uh, in the starting eleven, I mean, he would be the the likely lead candidate to be uh, taking over as captain. But uh, even then, he would be, have plenty of senior people around him to help him in the decision making process. It might just be a bit too much to ask for Pat Cummins to yeah. bowl fast, bat up the uh, in the middle order, and um, lead the team. So uh, that's one that we'll have to wait
1: and see. Let's hope we don't. Let's hope nothing happens to We don't want to see any. Your fortune or anyone. And finally, the last burning question. Uh, <laughs> Mitch Marsh has seven quicks in this team, essentially. Uh, he's the all-rounder. Uh, he's been striving for it basically his whole career. Will he get back into the fast bowling cartel? They're pretty ruthless. I think Pat Cummins now is, uh, has control of the WhatsApp group because he's the highest-ranked bowler. Number one, there's not going to be ranked higher than him. What does uh, Marsh have to do, I guess? Does he have to get a game? Does he to have to bowl some donkey overs in these tour games?
0: Well, I'm I'm not, as you know, I'm not overly tech-savvy and uh, social media is not my strong suit. But is there a you
1: number of people you can have in a WhatsApp group? I don't think there is. I yeah. think it might, it might be something extraordinary, like 250 or something. So well, in that case, there's, there's space.
0: There's, there's space for him. He can't be kept out on those grounds. He did look quite... Uh, Uh, sharp bowling in the warm-up game. He was... um, Took FIFA. Of course, there was no speed gun, so we couldn't gauge those of us with old eyes, couldn't quite tell how fast he was going. So a few blokes ahead of him in the fast bowling group on this tour, but uh, he's a competitive man. He will desperately be striving to get in there, and I think I'm backing... But by the end of the tour, he will have found a way to get back in. It might just be the last couple of days, yeah. but I think he'll be there.
1: Good thing, bad thing, getting out Stark and Hazel in successive deliveries in the tour game.
0: Um, gives him some bargaining material, yeah. I'm sure. They but... weren't
1: short balls either. They were pitched up. So, I mean, if they were at their heads, then that might be a little bit... You know, bit more of the nose. It so may have been a shrewd nose.
0: If as you say that Pat Cummins is in charge of who comes in and out of the group, he's got the other two out. Maybe he's forming his own little cartel himself, mm. a cartel within the cartel.
1: All right. Okay. I think we're done. That's it. Emergency podcast over. Rambo, we're going to come back on Tuesday uh, and we'll do all our big series predictions then, so we won't do any of them now. Normal transmission is resumed on Tuesday. Yes, okay. But until then, head to cricket.com.au for all your Ashes news, scores, and video. Come back on Tuesday for our bold predictions on the Ashes series. Planning for your next trip?